0: We are hoping to show you just what is possible out there in our strange and wondrous world. One of the dogs started to howl. Almost immediately, all 400
1: dogs that were there started to howl along with it.
0: We travel for business. We travel for pleasure. The conditions can change so quickly and it became very challenging to maneuver that kayak. We travel to expand our minds. Of course, the most dangerous animal in Africa is the hippo. More people are killed by hippos than anything else. Whether it's one state over. I was looking for a longer treatment, like 90 days, six months, and my treatment plan was to go hike the Appalachian Trail. Or halfway around the globe this fantastic high desert. You watch the sky at night, so you just see the Milky Way and shooting stars. If the world's a book, why only read one page? I'm Elizabeth Hill, and you're listening to a WAMC Northeast Public Radio production. This is Postcards from the Road. The Ironman Triathlon is considered by many to be the world's most challenging endurance event. Each year, multiple Ironmans take place around the globe. In 2017, Virginia native Ru Remenikova traveled to Australia to compete, and she has also competed in the Lake Placid Ironman in 2018. The Ironman competitions begin with swimming 2.4 miles, followed by 112 miles of cycling, and is rounded out by a full marathon, or 26.2 miles. I asked Remenikova why she decided to travel to Australia for her first Ironman competition. So
1: the whole reason why I got into Ironman uh, long distance triathlon was because of my dad. We had um, started to train together for an Olympic level triathlon here in Virginia in a city called Monticello. We did a Monticello man triathlon in 2016. And then seven days later, he passed. So and sorry. so I wanted to commemorate his life on the day of his passing. So when I went on the Iron Man website, I looked at the calendar year and all of their events. And the only one that was happening exactly one year to his passing was in Australia. So I thought, okay, I'm going to
0: Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Now, did you give yourself some time to recoup from that 15-hour time difference, or did you just kind of hop on the plane, and then (laughs) when you hopped off, it was time to do the Iron Man? I arrived, I think, three days before the Iron Man, (laughs) (laughs) and so um,
1: I didn't have a full week, you know, to recoup. I was just so uh, pumped, like, from the adrenaline that I was there, and I was about to do my first Iron Man, and, you know... Um, just the excitement of it made me ready.
0: What mindset were you in when you started the Ironman and were there any points where you were just like, I, maybe I bit off more than I can chew. I mean, you seem like a very fit person who's into nutrition, so I can't imagine that the case, but. You know, I was so hungry to do this Ironman because of
1: memory of my father. Yeah. And so I think that is what really gave me that push now, any kind of long distance uh, sport requires grit. You know, yeah. you're out there by yourself. Um, Australia was such a beautiful course, but there aren't people like spread out cheering for you. And actually, there's one long stretch of cycling where you're on the, on the bike alone for a good two hours solid. Yeah. So um, you go into a very dark place. Yeah, and i think that's also such a beautiful part of it because out of dark places you learn how to pick yourself up and keep moving and i know that's like the hard truth of it but it's made me a very um successful athlete because it's applicable to any point in life in general
0: it's funny that you say that, because I actually, I just talked to a British doctor, Stephen Fabes, who cycled the globe. He did 53,000 miles from Britain down across six continents and back up to Europe. And he was saying the same exact thing. It's um, about survival.
1: Yeah. When you're out there, you're out there by yourself. And there is literally no one cheering for you. There's no one there to help pick you up when you're um, in your thoughts. And you do have a lot of time to reflect on your life and reflect on decisions you made. And also you're physically fatigued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's such a great lesson, the sport, about a lot of things in life and finding peace and positivity to keep going, which is, um, I feel like, very much part of life.
0: Now, what was the route for Iron Man? Did you start in New South Wales? I was in Port Macquarie. Okay. Um, so I believe that is in New South
1: Wales and there is only one Iron Man Australia. I know that sometimes there's different regions Iron Man can do in countries, but I think there is only one in Australia.
0: So my next question is, how did Australia compare to Lake Placid? Two
1: separate places, two separate terrains, um, two separate communities, and each one was amazing. Lake Placid is one of the top 10 courses, the most difficult courses in the world. I can imagine. Um. (laughs) And that day was such an, an epic uh, adventure and course yeah I was um, catching up with some athletes afterwards to some some that have been returning athletes and I wanted to know what was that year like compared to other years and apparently that one was the most excruciating one because of the weather what was it and like? before I before I start into this yeah um, Australia was... The Ironman that I had prepared for the entire year, so I was um, very dedicated to training for it. Two to three hours on weekdays every day after work, and then eight hours on Saturday and Sundays. Um, so I literally had no other life. You know, this is the way of life that I decided right. for the first year. But I was it was also very um, successful, and my results for Ironman Australia. Now, for the second year, when I did Ironman Lake Placid, I did not put in the amount of work that I did like I did for Australia, um, only because I had launched my business, which is pulp on lakeside, coffee shop and food truck. So I literally just showed up for Lake Placid. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, going back to the day, first of all, Lake Placid is a very highly populated race. Um, there were over 5,000 athletes that showed up. Um, and it was really neat to see the, like the, the view of the bikes from, from a hill. I'm just visualizing it right now, how I saw so many handlebars and beautiful TT bikes just on the rack, ready to go for the next day. It was a very beautiful sunset view, but anyway, For the swimming portion, I knew that it was supposed to storm and, um, the sky was gray. And for the most part, the swim part was pretty usual. I mean, I'm pretty used to the jabbing and everyone kind of like pushing each other in the water. It's just what it is for Ironman. Getting to the bike portion is where it all, like my adventure truly started when I had, um, gotten into the bike part. Uh, the first course of it was climbing up a mountain. The weather had turned into cloudy to charcoal gray, and um, when I had hiked up to the top, it was something that you only see in movies, like a huge lightning uh, strike down, right. and it just started hailing. No way. Yeah, at the top of the mountain. And this is where the, um, keen descent was beginning. So the keen descent is where, um, there is a six mile, uh, trail right all the way down the mountain. Yeah. So, um, it's also like a very, it's a very exhilarating part of this Ironman because the speeds were 50 to 60 miles an hour going down, just breaking. I mean, the slope was tremendously steep and so um it just started hailing and there was only one way oh, no. to go down yeah uh, so this is this is what we call the keen descent of that specific trail i took precaution and was just breaking all the way down on my um tt bike which is pretty aerodynamic and pretty flat it looks like a um flat sheet of paper yeah. <laughs> i mean papers are flat but you know what i mean yeah um the other thing about that is the wind factor. When you're going down a mountain, it's extremely uh, windy, especially with storm conditions. Um, so you had to have been like pretty solidly going in a line and, and confidently going down otherwise you're going to get into an accident falling down. right you know, it's, uh it was very very, very scary time. Um, but also it was like acceptance of where you are and just going and enjoying this ride. I mean, that is the only way to go down this hill. So after that, um, the keen descent leads you into the valley where it's, um, really cold. And, um, when you're, you know, you're soaked from the water, the hail and the water, uh, thunderstorms, it's pretty much like a 40 degree feeling, you know, you're soaked. Yeah. So there were several cases of people that were hospitalized that year because of hypothermia, because it was just tremendously cold. After that, the sun had come out. And so, you know, I was cycling 2X t- twice as fast uh, to stay warm. And then um, the rest of the trail was really neat. Like it was beautiful. It did loop around twice. So we got to see everything twice climbing up the mountain again and going down the keen descent again, (laughs) but it wasn't raining. So that was nice. And then the marathon portion overall, um, there were no major Hills. I mean, not not like, like mountain levels, but, um, there were some Hills. Um, there were a lot of supporters that were spread out to cheer each other on. And, um, the athletes on the course were, were uh cheering each other on and that was such a beautiful thing to see. I think that is the true the best dynamic of Ironman is when other athletes support each other. Yeah. So um yeah, I had finished that uh Ironman a little bit. I think it was 15 hours. Um I forgot how many minutes, but definitely over 15 hours. I had I, I had finished it um just before the 16 hour mark. I think the 16 hour is the deadline. But um it was definitely the most epic day ever, <laughs> and um, I think I had fallen asleep with my Normatec boots on. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with NormaTech, but they have these um, like compression boots that yeah. you put on, and I just fell asleep <laughs> um, with those things on. But for Australia, the next day I was just walking around like everything was great. I went surfing, you know, yeah. like
0: it was a whole different um, ball game. So you mentioned you did Lake Placid in 15 hours, X minutes. How did you do in Australia? Just over 12 hours for Australia. Nice. Are you interested after COVID to go back and keep doing Ironmans?
1: Yeah, actually, I was um, talking with one of my friends about doing Panama City in Florida. Oh, nice. Um, I think that one is probably the easiest course in the country considering the flatness of the course right i think first i need to definitely um train on swimming because it's it's an ocean water swim which i've never done before and learning how to efficiently swim with a group of swimmers is going to be key to avoiding uh, marine animals (laughs) but um i have thought about doing panama city um I don't know if it's something I have to particularly, like, train like I did for Australia for. Right. Um, But I think it's definitely a lot less
0: stressful. Speaking of wildlife, I always see pictures coming out of Australia of just the craziest things. I once saw a picture of a tarantula hawk wasp, like, that (gasps) eats spiders. And it had, like, a huntsman in its mouth. Um, That's the most terrifying for me did you come across any of that crazy wildlife while you were in Australia or was it mainly just animals afar on the prairie? Well, it's, it's a great question. And it's a very interesting thing that you asked
1: because I did want to, um, go and experience some wildlife before the Ironman, but within those 72 hours of landing in Australia. So I had decided to go to this wildlife preserve, um, the day before. And I wanted to conquer my fear of snakes. And they had a um, snake handling um, portion of the this reserve, which was really neat. Yeah, I was privileged to experience this Python. Um, it, now it was um, trained like it was tamed by the faculty. And um, they put the Python on me, um, like around my neck. And it helped, like it basically taught me that if I stress, the snake feels it and the snake will tense itself around me. And if I relax, the snake relaxes. Yeah. So it's about being aware of how you're feeling. And I felt that uh, lesson all throughout my training and with Iron Man and then into life, you know, got to hold a koala bear, which was the cutest thing in the world. Um I saw so many kangaroos um just hanging out um on the you know on the side of the road. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the scope of the closest wildlife
0: I got to experience in Australia. And finally my last question is what singular piece of advice do you have to people who maybe want to take on Ironman cuz it can come across as pretty overwhelming.
1: I think for the first one, it can feel very overwhelming because of the volume involved. But I would say number one, don't let that scare you. There's a lot of different communities, uh, like like triathlon communities that you can become a part of. Um, I was really grateful to have my own community here. Don't let the training overwhelm you with like, okay, I have to get miles of swimming down, I have to get 112 miles of cycling down, I have to get 26.2 miles of running down. That's like the worst way of thinking of it. You know, there is a a, um, stage that you can get to. um, That's not exact. you know, you like, you don't have to max out on all of those miles, as long as you can get to a certain degree of uh, comfort and no um, autopilot. You know, after you hit a certain distance, that's all that matters. Nutrition is very important. I learned that water is not something that will just hold me over. Um, You have to have electrolytes. You have to have sufficient caloric substance. Um, All of that is mathematical. And um, there are plenty of resources out there that can help you calculate what you need for your body, um and depending on the um, distance that you're doing it's it's very important nutrition is your fuel and then as far as support goes there are so many support groups i think that um your tribe is necessary uh to helping in your success obviously it's a solo sport and it's um you do have to have your own personal mental strength and stability um, but it's also amazing to have, you know, your triathlon family yes. as support, right? Yeah.
0: We've been speaking to Rue Reminikova who competed in two Ironman triathlons in Australia and Lake Placid. Remenikova is an entrepreneur living in Virginia. She is currently working to create a platform that highlights energy shifting and sustainable mindset to achieve your goals. You can learn more via her Instagram at BeYourOwnForce. Postcards from the Road is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. I'm your host and producer, Elizabeth Hill. Our theme music is Cherry Blossom Wonders by Kevin McLeod. As always, if you like what you hear, subscribe on your audio app of choice. Visit WAMCpodcasts.org for more information. If you would like to share your travel story with Postcards, email us at postcards at wamc.org.